Episode 242 of the PJ Archive is a phone interview I did with the Australian-British author, dancer, choreographer and theatre director Craig Revel Hallward, who's best known in Britain as a judge on BBC TV's Strictly Come Dancing. This interview took place in 2009, when his fellow original Strictly judge, Arlene Phillips, had been controversially replaced by the much younger and less experienced Alicia Dixon, a former winning celebrity contestant on the show. Craig was also then choreographing and promoting a production of Hot Mikado, a musical comedy based on Gilbert and Sullivan's 1885 comic opera, The Mikado. What chance of, of there being other sort of heated up versions of Gilbert and Sullivan shows in due course, do you think? Well, I don't know. I rather love this one. I, mean, great. I think it'd be great to do a whole series of them, to be honest. Yeah. It'd be really good. But this one particularly took my fancy because it was done by Rob Bowman 10, 11 years ago, something like that. And then we reinvented it for an acting musician show, which it lends itself to very, very well. So um, it'd be great fun to do, you know, other stuff. So think about doing that next year, as a matter of fact. Have you taken Hot Mikado to your homeland, Australia? Uh, no, as a matter of fact, although it has been on release, so people can do it, but not my version of it. So um, I would love to do that, actually. And maybe that's, you know, something for the future, because it is going on a national tour and then it is going to Spain. I think they'd uh, really like it over in Oz. Yeah, I think so. And you've also recently worked on Sunset Boulevard. Yeah, that came into town. I did that. Um, that was my last summer gig uh, for the watermill and then that transferred into the comedy which was great you know and it fulfilled its time there which was fantastic any memorable and moments with andrew lloyd webber there always are memorable moments with andrew <laughs> lloyd webber no we had a good time working on it i think he thought that perhaps you know an acting musician show wouldn't particularly um sort of work on the show but it did really really well because what it did was it exposed his music, you know, which was great, you know, and, and exposed actually the genius in his music. Because yeah. I think a lot of his orchestrations, as you can understand, are enormous, you know. Mm. He normally has about a 30-piece orchestra playing them, you know, and there's only literally 12 people in our show, so it was reduced somewhat. But it really made the melody line stand out, you yeah. know, boldly and beautifully. And next year, he'll have another BBC TV audition series, this time finding a Dorothy for The Wizard of Oz. What chance of you being a judge on that? Um, a slim one, I'd say. <laughs> Why? <laughs> well, I don't know. I did um, the search for Maria, but on the other side of the cameras, I did all the um, staging right. and choreography. I think I prefer to do that. I mean, I'd love, of course, I'd love, anyone would love to judge The Wizard of Oz, you know, search for Dorothy. That'd be brilliant, wouldn't it? Uh, yeah, so well... Finding another Judy Garland. That'd be fantastic. Some of the people who've been uh, experienced in the West End for ages are not too keen on those shows because it's bringing up inexperienced, untrained people suddenly into starring roles. What yeah. are your thoughts on that, Craig? My thoughts on that are everyone is free to audition. You know, absolutely everyone. You can be a professional. You don't have to be someone just out of college. You, can, you don't have to be someone that is unknown. Mm. Anyone can come on and audition for the roles. You know, you just have to be brave. I think... A lot of people in the industry are, don't like to do private auditions publicly, hmm. as you can well imagine and understand, because they get very, very nervous and sometimes forget their words and all of that stuff, you know, and they, I think they think it might go against them in future work. But actually, when you look at how many, you know, people now are interested in coming to the theatre, live theatre, through these shows, I think it's wonderful. 
because the theatre really was dying out, you know, due to due to TV and movies and all of that and computer games and stuff, you know. I think it's, it, it's great because it brings the people back to the theatre and introduces children and teenagers, you know, to a theatre as a theatre audience. I think it's wonderful. And so what, um, I think people should just bite the bullet and do, do the auditions. And to what extent do people go to your theatre shows because you directed them, maybe hoping to see you in the audience or something? I don't know. I, I wouldn't have a clue about the percentage, so I'm sure... I'm sure, you know, um, certainly critics come with a, a much eviler eye. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think there is that. You know, I'm criticised sort of a little bit more, maybe just harshly, because I'm so harsh, I suppose, on the BBC One television series, Strictly mm. Comes Dancing. And what effect has the high profile you've gained from Strictly had on the rest of your career? It's slowed it down, to be honest. Has it? Yeah, because I think producers think that I'm really like that, you know, on television, that I'm going to be like that the whole time, really opinionated and brutal but actually I'm not you know in the theatre you've got to sort of love nurture your characters and bring them to life you know and that's that's what I do for a living that's what I love doing the most and I've been proving myself you know doing that over you know all my summer seasons at the Watermill Theatre and and the operas that I do for Opera North and all of those sort of things so I'm just building up you know my diary for next year to try and include a little bit more opera and stuff like that in it Mm. you know as well as musicals naturally. And how do you feel about becoming a celebrity through Strictly when presumably you would have previously sought to be a star as a performer? Well, yes, it was very odd giving up dance and giving up performing when I was 30 to go to the other side to become a direct choreographer because I, I much preferred being in the background and being the creative mind behind stuff rather than a public figure, mm. you know, because, of course, with this celebrity you know, it has its downfalls because you're followed in the street, you know, people scream at you and, you know, I mean, you lose your, your privacy, really. Uh, I didn't expect it to happen, to be honest, and I wasn't really quite aware of it until I walked out on the street, you know, and sort of started walking around Camden Town and stuff. It was quite shocking, actually, to begin with, but I guess after six series, I'm used to it now. And if you weren't known as a judge, how do you think you'd fare if you were one of the contestants on Strictly, one of the celebrity contestants? Oh, I think I'd be appalling. (laughs) (laughs) I have a nervous disposition. I don't think, if anyone saw me on Celebrity MasterChef, they'd understand. I'd probably fall to pieces. Especially at some of the more harsher comments, I imagine. Well, yes, I would. I don't think I'd like to be on the receiving end of it. (laughs) Although, you know, it's all constructive in the end. Mm. You know, because I'm not out there just to annihilate people. I'm there just to tell them what's wrong with their dancing as honestly and as succinctly and as quickly as possible. We've seen one or two contestants take umbrage at some of your comments on screen, but have any of them taken it backstage and really had a serious go at you? Yes, only one. That's Jan Ravens. And I can't remember what series that was from, probably four or five, something like that. But um, that's the only time it's ever become sort of mildly serious, you know. But everyone is rather good with it, you know. If I have a harsh comment about something about their dancing, whether it be their hands, their arms, their feet, you know, they tend to go away and actually work on it and try and, you know, make it better for the following week, which is good. But, um, of course, some people are going to take it personally. And, of course, you shouldn't. You have to be like a sportsman. You have to take the criticism on board and then try and rectify it. Otherwise, you know, otherwise I'd be saying it's fantastic, wouldn't I? I'd be saying, oh, that was really great, great shaping through the arms, really wonderful, just watch your spine or pull up a little bit more, you know, yeah. rather than uh, anything, you know, that's untoward. But, I mean, if, if there's something wrong, I think it's my job to... Yeah, quite right. And when Strictly first started, to what extent were you asked to be the nasty judge, the blunt-talking Simon Cowell of the show? Uh, I never was asked to be that. 
I auditioned like everyone else, and they put all the characters they wanted in the show together. Mm. I'm just being honest about it all. So I was the same, you know, when I did my screen test. They put basically put a monitor up for me to comment on and filmed me commenting, and they wanted me to wrap things up in three words. I did that, you know, that sort of stuff, just to, I suppose to see how you look on screen and whether or not you get panicked or flustered, you know, in a live situation. And, of course, I got the job. didn't know what my character was supposed to be. I had no clue. I just had to be myself. They said, just be honest about the dancing. So I was. And you do come out with some fantastic comments. Being honest, how often do you think up in advance some phrases and comments to use? Do you think, oh, that'd be good? Well, I do, I do think, oh, that'd, I, that'd be great for the show. But actually, I never use them. <laughs> because when I see the dance, it's only then I become inspired to say something. It's generally right at the very last minute when they come to me. So... During the dance, during the one minute 30, I write down about three or four points hmm. that I've no, noticed through that actual dance, because it's the only time we see the dance, of course. We don't see the dance before the show. We only see it as the audience sees it. So, you know, I normally note down about four things, and if someone hasn't spoken about those four things, I'll go for it. You said earlier that people talk to you in the street. What's the most memorable things they've said to you over the last few years of doing Strictly? Uh, you're awful on that show, slap but I love you. What, they slapped you? Yeah, a woman slapped me in the street in Newbury. I uh, dissed one of her favourite celebs, but she said she loved me in the second breath. So <laughs> that was a bit bizarre. Um, I've been rammed in the supermarket. Rammed by a shopping trolley. Really? That's yeah. awful. Which, which supermarket was that then? Sainsbury's. Oh, that's awful. That's hilarious. <laughs> Did either of them hurt? They no, they just take it, you know, they just... People think they know you and they, and they befriend you, you know, they, it's really quite odd. People say, oh, hi, Craig, how are you doing? You know, <laughs> as, as though they, you know, know me. But I suppose I am in their televisions, you know, in their living rooms yeah. every Saturday. So. What have people said to you lately then about the Arlene Alicia situation? Well, not a lot, actually. I don't get many comments about that in the street, to be honest. Although a lot of people said, oh, I do feel sorry for Arlene. Or a lot of people said, oh, I really miss Arlene. And other people ask me if I'll miss her and what really happened, you know, all of that sort of stuff. But, of course, all of those I know no answer to. Right. You know, obviously, you know, Arlene's been replaced with Alicia and that's that. And when Arlene was dropped, to what extent did you other three judges consider maybe walking out in protest? Well, we didn't really get an opportunity to do that because all the contracts were done separately. They're right. done without the other judges. Do you see what I'm saying? They're all yeah. done on your availability because a lot of time I'm doing theatre. So some years I might not be able to fit it in. And it's the same with Arlene because she's like so busy with other work. You know, she's got Saturday Night Fever on Greece. We will rock you. you know, she's got a lot of other theatre commitments and, and so do I. And we don't know. We have to book ourselves well in advance you know, and only hope that if we do get asked again to do it that we can fit it in actually mm. because this year of course I'm doing Panto and I'm doing the Hot Mikado so I'm trying to squeeze all the Strictly stuff in because I wasn't sure whether or not you know we were doing another series or not anyway so it's it is one of those things where the contracts are completely done uh, independently but whenever she has been asked about it she's made out she's not too bothered about it how did she really take it well I think she was a little bit um, upset and quite sad about it because we you know Literally, the four of us created it together, didn't we? You know, yeah. back in 2004. Because it was a whole new sort of idea, and we set a benchmark for it, really, for around the world, for 36 countries around the world. So 
you know, if you've worked with someone for six series or six years or five years or whatever it is, of course you're going to miss them because you're part of that family and that unit and that team. But being saying that, I mean, she's she has got a very good job coming up, which yeah. is um, So You Think You Can Dance yeah, UK, yeah. which is one of my most favourite shows in America and Australia. And it's, into its, um, it's done its second season in Australia. And I just loved it. And I was rather hoping that I could do that. But obviously... Um, She's doing it, so I'm not going to be able to. <laughs> I've sort of missed out on that. I don't know. I, must... I think I wish it was me. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't, surely. No, well, I suppose, you know, it, it is good to close one door and open another. You have to yeah. remember that, you know. Yeah. I think certainly that's what's happened all throughout my theatrical life and all through, I guess, you know, TV as well in that way, hmm. even though I'm just sort of young in the TV industry. Yeah. What was the atmosphere like backstage last weekend, particularly among the judges? It was good, as a matter of fact. There wasn't anything to really whinge about, you know. It was it was quite good because we all sort of got together after the show and had a bit of a, you know, chat through the contestants because it's the first time, of course, we'd seen them all. I mean, I, obviously, um, I wasn't appreciating any of the backlash that Alicia got, you know, yeah. in her defence. I've got to defend her because she'd been through the show and won it. It's something that none of us have done, you know. We've never, none of us can talk from that sort of experience. And that's something that she can do. Yeah. You know, so I don't understand these massive knives that are out for. I think it's really horrendous. But um, how concerned are you about how Alicia will take it? Because it's pretty severe. Yeah, I think, you know, she's a, quite a solid, formed character, you know. And yes. she's used to the, the business and the things that people will say. You know, I think it will eventually blow over, you know, and people will learn to love her comments. Like, if you remember back to when I first started... Same thing happened to me. Get him off our screens. We don't want anyone rude. What does he know about dance? All of that, you know, but no one ever read my CV. And, <laughs> no, you know, I've, I've done an extensive amount of work in, you know, not only in this country, but in Australia as well, New Zealand, and, you know, in fact, all around the world, America including. You know, and it's just, it, it amazed me that people were coming out saying stuff like that, saying, how dare he say that to this celebrity? Get him off, you know. So I've had it all, you know, but now people have grown to either like or dislike my judging style. Alicia needs to work up a judging style. She's only new at it, you know, and it's not as easy as it might look at home. You know, and that just goes to prove how difficult it is to be succinct in 10 seconds and say exactly and pick out exactly what's wrong with the dance. Yeah, I watched you on BBC Breakfast yesterday. It's been lovely to see how supportive you are of her. And have you actually spoken to her yourself and shown her that? Yeah, I was on, I was on last night with her and Darcy Bustle on BBC Two. Right. And, and, you know, she's just, she's just remaining strong and she's just going to fight it. And, and I think she'll win the battle. In fact, I know she will. She's determined and she's not a quitter. You know, she will stay there and she'll fight hmm. her corner. Because she's got a lot to say, whether people say that she hasn't or not. You know, if you broke out all of our comments, we'd be saying some of the same things. You know, so I don't understand where people are getting off. I think they're just, people don't want change, obviously. You know, they don't like it. And um, unfortunately, it's a part of life. So I say to the world, get over it and, you know, get on with the dancing. But um, you Strictly judges are sometimes frustrated when public voting goes against your opinions. Uh, yet you know you well, have yeah, to... you would be too as a dance professional. Absolutely. When everyone's, di when everyone's dialing up and keeping John Sargent in, who clearly can't dance, what would you be thinking as a uh, dance professional? Please, keep it about the dance. Yes, it's an entertainment programme. That's why the audience get 50% of the vote, and that's why we get 50%. It's rather obvious, so I don't understand why people get upset about it. 
I agree with you. It frustrated me madly when Sargent kept going on last series. But I was just wondering if you felt that might there not come a point where if the majority of the viewers do demand Alicia not be a judge anymore, shouldn't they have their way? No. They weren't right about me, I don't think. When no. they were saying, that, get rid of Craig, get him off our screens. They did the same thing in New Zealand. And then, you know, people were holding phone-ins, they get him off, you know, all of that stuff. And, and to be honest, I'm glad that I just went in even harder after that. <laughs> actually... stuff them. If they want to know, actually, about true dancing and what it's like to be a dancer and to grow up in dance all your life and then have, you know, a whole bunch of people then who know nothing about dance tell you that you know nothing about dance, you know, I, I beg to differ, I'm afraid, on that. Yeah. You know, so that's why I'm very sort of to the point. I get my point across you know, eloquently, and it's for the good of dance, nothing more, nothing personal. I've got nothing personal to gain from it. I'm a director choreographer, that is my career. Television clearly is not, it's a Saturday job, you know, so it's not the be all and end all. And so what? That's only my opinion, and that's only one of millions. So everyone's entitled to their say, and if they want to go on the BBC website, make yourself known and yeah. use your real name, like <laughs> I have to. <laughs> a lot of people don't call themselves who they are because they're too gutless to put their own names to anything. So I say go on the BBC website as your true self hmm. and speak your mind clearly. Stand up and be counted. Why not? And what role will Darcy Bustle have on Strictly? And how, how do you think she feels now after seeing the reaction to Alicia? Well, slightly nervous, would you be? <laughs> <laughs> I, think, uh, I think she's going to be great. I mean, she's a major dance professional, albeit from classical ballet. But it's still the same discipline. You're in at 10 o'clock in the morning, training until 1 o'clock in the afternoon, and then you've got a performance in the evening. You know, everyone does that. She has had her career. She's a prima ballerina. She understands the essence of dance. She knows exactly what it takes to drag your body out of bed in the morning and get up there and train and do it. She's worked in all disciplines of dance as well you know not only classical ballet she's done salsa mm. she's done tap she's done jazz contemporary modern it's not as if she won't know what she's talking about and she can talk and speak clearly from you know a person that's been obviously a prima ballerina which we've never had before and a highly respected one at that oh absolutely yeah and um, over the years um len has often clashed with you on, on some uh, opinions and last yeah. weekend he seemed especially irritated and how is your relationship with him these days well the relationship is good backstage of course you know once the show is down then our opinions cease in that way i think he's entitled to his opinion i come from a different world he comes from you know a very strict ballroom and latin world where he was an adjudicator professionally mm. you know he's not um, a director he's not a choreographer he doesn't look at the dance in the same way that I do. So that's where we clash, you know, and sometimes I'll like a bit of posing and posturing as long as it's, you know, telling the story or as, at least, you know, of some benefit to the routine, you know, mm. as a choreographic routine, because I'll generally speak on those terms. Mm. And I think, you know, he's not stuck, but he's like very, he has to be very controlled in the ballroom world because it is, all standards are set by the, you know, the International School of Teachers of Dancing. So, of course, they're the rules that one has to follow in ballroom and Latin. And if they get broken, of course, you know, you have to be pulled up on them. And, of course, they have a syllabus like any other thing. You know, they have certain amalgamations within every dance routine that has to be um, adhered to. And if it's not, he gets upset. Or if there's only, um, only like, three basic steps rather than five, 
you know, he'll complain about it. But my point is, I come from a choreographic background, yeah. and then I will argue with that because I don't think you have to have all the steps in as long as it's meaningful, as long as the choreographic you know, element works and that they're dancing it to the best of their ability. How do you feel about the decision to broadcast strictly at the same time as The X Factor? Well, you know, um, obviously it's not my game, you know, but I would like ev everyone in the world to watch both. You know, and I don't see why you can't have a choice. So it all depends on what the BBC, because they've got Merlin running at the same time, haven't they? So mm. Merlin will be on too late for children and all of that stuff. So it's all a bit difficult, really, you know, there. But um, if I had, if it was a clear choice, I would say separate them so the public can enjoy both. But still, there's still, you know, 20 million odd people watching, you know, Saturday night television, which I think is fantastic. Yeah, and, and if press reports are to be believed, the uh, X Factor won last weekend by 2 million viewers. How yeah. confident are you that Strictly can turn things around and how can that be achieved? Well, uh, generally, if you look back at other series, this is, we always go head to head with X Factor and we always start lower and then we always pit them at the post towards the end. You know, we build up a, um, a confidence in the audience, you know, from the early stages all the way through. And, you know, that just keeps building and building and building, you know, and the numbers sort of increase rather than decrease. But it generally always starts like this, you know, because X Factor, don't forget, has had like a five-week lead on okay. Strictly, you know, as well, to build up an audience. And anyway, I don't know who it benefits, but if there is a ratings war on, if that's, you know, because I'm not completely... You know, I don't understand why they need one, but if yeah. they do need one, then we we tend to equal out towards the end anyway. So, I think what's shocked um, Strictly viewers most of all is the decision to make changes to what was an indisputably highly successful show. To what extent do you share that shock? It didn't concern me, but it didn't shock me either, only because things yearly are changed in some ways. You know, for instance, like this year, I think it's a good change with the fact that everyone gets to do a Latin and a ballroom dance to yes. begin with. Because last year it was really unfair because some people were terrible Latin and great at ballroom but never got to show off their ballroom. So it's much, much better that everyone gets a chance to do both and that the score is amalgamated and put together for their final score, you know, in the leaderboard, which I think is fairer. So I think change is good. Right. But it does seem that the focus is on bringing in attractive young women as much as possible, whether it be the professional dancers or even people strategically placed in the audience where the cameras point. How concerned are you for the millions of older viewers who'd rather still see the professional dancers like Karen and Camilla, who they'd grown to like? Yeah, well, Camilla left of her own accord, and I don't know what happened to Karen. I can't speak for her. Sure. But I know Camilla wanted to leave because she was studying and she's going into lifestyle coaching, right. You know, which is that's what she wants to do. You know, in every dancer, there is a shelf life for dancers as there are sportsmen now you don't no one wants a sportsman like over 45 in a team when they've got a, a very you know brilliant 25 year old or a 20 year old in there who's fitter keener eager like a tiger and wants to perform you know what i'm saying so yeah, um, yeah, yeah. dance is like sports you can't you there is a shelf life and you can't go beyond those years because you're only going to let the team down mm. you know it's it's a physical sport you know everyone i wish everyone would get that in their heads because it's a young person's game. You know, that's why I'm not up there dancing. I'm 45. I do not want to dance anymore. I've had my time. You know, I've, I've done all that. 
And that's why I like being on the other side of it now. I don't want to dance anymore. I love dancing, but I don't want to dance professionally anymore, that's for sure. But bearing in mind that Alicia has replaced Arlene, how fearful are you, Len and Bruno, that you might get replaced in due course? Well, if they want to do that, they will do that, I suppose. It's not up to me. But I've been contracted this year, which is lovely, and it's nice to be back. If next year I go, then I go, you know. I've got plenty of other things to do in mm. life. I guess the one good thing about the backlash against Alicia is that, it, you know, it looks like they shouldn't be changing judges, so you, you might be here to stay. Well, you never know, yeah. Anything can happen in this world. But that's sort of what I like about the world. It's yeah. never... It's never a clear-cut thing, you know, and particularly in the entertainment business, let's face it. Just consider that when people are up for lead roles as well in movies, how many people do they go through before they get to the person that actually does it? And are there any other TV shows that uh, you'll be working on in the foreseeable future? Yes, I'm on The Right Stuff all next week, which is great fun. I love doing that show. Yeah, Matthew's good. Fun. There is talk of doing uh, Celebrity Come Dine with me. Oh, yeah. Those sort of things, which I enjoy doing. Oh, the voiceover for that is hilarious. I know, it is very funny. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. I really like that show, actually. I think it's fun. But that's it. All the rest of my year is booked up. I'm doing Panto uh, this year for the first time ever. Oh, no, you're not. Oh, <laughs> yes, I am. Yeah, so it's the Wicked Queen in Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Fantastic. Fantastic. In North Wales, which would be good, and that starts on the 14th of December and goes until the 3rd of January. Then mm -hmm. I'll be doing um, the Strictly Come Dancing national tour and then I go off to um, Vienna to do an opera there and then I'm doing a ballet for the New English Ballet uh, Contemporary Company then to Berlin to do a big old show there then of course my summer theatre season at the Watermill. And what chance of you having your own TV series one day? How would you like that? Well, I don't know. What would I be doing? You'd be a jolly good chat <laughs> show host I think. Obviously... No, I can't imagine that. I mean, yes, I suppose that'd be good fun but you know, that would take me out of the theatre and that's my biggest passion. So yeah. I'm not, you know, I'm not investing myself in that sort of celebrity in any way. I do like being, you know, the opposite side of it all, really. Um, not long ago, your autobiography was published, which dealt, yeah, with, some, right. it dealt with some very, you know, strong personal subjects. How did your family react to it? Uh, my father was upset to begin with until he reread it. My mother wouldn't read it at all. Oh dear. She read little bits of it. And my sister helped me write some of it, which was great. Yeah. So um, it, brought, it actually, in the end, brought the family back together right. in a way. It made us all a lot closer. So, because uh, there was a lot, you know, that was said in it. And there's a lot that, there was a lot, a lot of bridges to sort of rebuild and cross. So it was, it was good, actually. It was good. And everyone's sort of proud of it now, you know. But um, Mum did have a lot of issues with it, as you can understand. She sure. didn't want to revisit all of those terrible, you know, times in her life where my father, you know, was abusing and all of that. It was just awful. But I think it's good for people to know that actually you can become someone or make something of yourself in the most severe or unforeseen circumstances, you know. So as your father and you, are you amicable now? Yes. But I only ever see him once a year anyway. Mm. How and likely... Are you to stay living in the UK in the future, or might you return to Australia in due course? Maybe I'll retire in Australia, I don't know. I mean, I don't even know if I'll retire. You, I can't tell, really. I'm very sort of simple in life. I just go, actually, with the flow of things, you know. I try not to plan too far in the future, and I try and do as much for the charity as well here as I possibly can. 
you know, to put something back into the community yeah. for osteoporosis, for instance. I do that. I'm a patron of that with Camilla Parker Bowles, which yeah. is great. And that keeps me busy a lot of the year when I'm not, you know, doing something. Like all of October, for instance, I'm going all teaching dance at all around primary schools all around the UK, you know, to teach them about how important it is for their bones to grow and build and be strong, you know, for the future. Camilla gets a very hard ride in the press. Have you got any nice stories about her that would yeah, help illustrate? Well, because we're both patrons, you know, we had a big sort of dinner party, if you like, at Clarence House, which was wonderful because people there had donated, you know, not there wasn't one person out of the 60 that hadn't donated less than £10 million to the charity, wow. you know, and that's pretty good going, isn't it? We can get like 60 people together that will do that, you know, and Camilla's lovely, absolutely charming. So I think it's terrible of the press to even say, you know, anything rude about her. And the amount that she does for charity is beyond, you know, most. It's a really good cause and I'm glad I'm part of it. How much of a Strictly fan is Camilla and how much would you like to have her on the show? Well, I don't know that she'd ever come on the show, but she's a huge fan of watching it. I know that. Mm. And who would be your ultimate celebrity to, to appear on the show? Well, um, if we're going to have any royalty, I think it'd have to be Prince Harry. Only because I think he'd be really feisty, wouldn't he? Yeah. And he'd, you know, bring with him a bit of savviness, I think. Mm. Have you ever fancied any of the celebrity contestants on Strictly? Gethin Jones. Really? <laughs> what was it about Gethard Jones? Oh, I don't know, he's just cute, isn't he? And a nice man. Is this why you're doing Panto in Wales this year? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My whole yeah, allegiance has gone to the Welsh. <laughs> All because of Geth. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think when you see strictly celebrities dating their professional partners? Outrageous. <laughs> But do you feel quite sorry for them? Because you know it's probably not going to last. I mean, you've got... Well, no, well, I don't know that that to be true. Right. I think you might be wrong there. I mean, some of those relationships last longer than many people that get married. So uh, I don't know that that's true. People meet in all different circumstances. A lot of people meet their partners at work, don't they? Because they spend most of the time at work. Don't forget they're in very <coughs> close contact for eight hours a day. You know, so it is difficult in that way. They get to know each other, not only emotionally, but physically. And may we know something of your own partner? No, I, we met on the internet. Oh, OK. And what's your opinion on gay marriage and gay adoption? I think it's, it should all be equal and fair. I think right. it's good. Go for it. If that's what people want, if they want, to, if they want children and they want to love those children and they want to bring them up, you know, in a decent and fabulous way, do it. What chance of you doing it? I haven't considered it just yet. Mm. And what do you think about Elton John's recent claim he'd like to adopt? Well, each to his own, you know. Let's face it, he can financially support a child, you know, and the child won't be wanting for anything, will it? Mm. It's not like bringing a child into the world of poverty and starvation and sickness, is it? So um, maybe that child will actually have a chance in life, you know, a head start compared to most. Ironically, he was kind of ruled out on the, uh, because of age. Well, I don't know how old he is. How old is he? 62, I think, isn't he? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, there is that. But I think that's appalling because men of 62 are sleeping with 25-year-old women and still having families. Mm. And no one, like, turns their nose up at that, do they? I agree. My cousin married someone 40 years her senior mm. and had three children. So now, like, one's a Latin dancer in Australia. So, I mean, you know, it just goes to show... 
that you can be 88 and still be a father of a 15-year-old girl. So, yeah, like Paul McCartney and people like that, yeah. Yeah, well, hello, you'd be related to, you know, it should be equal. There's no difference in that in that way, I think, straight, gay, you know, hetero, two women bringing up a baby. It's better, I think, a two-person family is better than a single-parent family. Craig, maybe know roughly where you live and what your house is like. Two up, two down, in northwest one. And where would be your ideal place to live, and to what extent are you looking for a new place? Primrose Hill. Oh, really? <laughs> I'll need a lot more money, though. <laughs> well, you're making it fast, aren't you? Well, yeah, so they say. What? A lot of it to the government, however. What is it about Primrose Hill that you like so much? I like its village feel. I love the fact that there's no cost to coffee. I like the fact that it's on a hill, and you can go out, and there's a lovely, you know... There's the lovely Primrose Hill, you can see all over London, and the fact that it feels like it's in the middle of the country, but it's really close to the city. And are you actually looking at all? Are you secretly glancing through estate agents' windows and stuff? Well, I do glance, yes, because I live in a little house at the moment, and I wouldn't mind a bigger one, but, you know, I'm happy where I am. I'm very lucky, in fact, to own my own home. A lot of people are renting, and a lot of people aren't even on the property ladder, so I'm very lucky. How long have you had it for? I've been here for 12 years. What are your future ambitions? Well, I'm starting my own company, so hopefully I'll be producing as well as directing and choreographing soon. Excellent. Producing my own work, my own shows, and trying to, you know, get that out to as many people as possible, you know, bringing art to um, entertainment. What would you like to see for the future of Strictly? I would like to see it go to the 10-year mark, really, you know, and um, like I've had maybe... You know, then it's time to stop. Who knows? The audience decides, actually, whether they tune in or not. But I think dance is a fantastic thing for the nation to have, you know, because everyone can get up and do it. It gets people exercise, and it invites a greater social atmosphere. So, it, you know, it's all good, and it's all honest, clean family entertainment. Yeah, and everybody I know loves watching you on Strictly, but um, to what extent do you feel you're given the credit that you deserve? Well, I think now I have, and I don't have to prove myself to anyone. I'm up there to be opinionated. I'm up there because I know what I'm talking about, and I very clearly just tell everyone what I think. So if people don't like that, they can lump it, quite frankly. <laughs> Make a petition to get rid of me. You know, it won't hurt me in any way. Certainly not. I don't take it personally. You can't possibly. I've been through the mill with critics you know, in the theatre, and I face them daily. So um, I'm criticised for my work endlessly, you know, in gory detail. <laughs> so you only have to look in any paper and look, look the name up to find out, you know, where I'm being criticised or not, or praised, for, for that matter, you know, if one chooses to read them. But still, it's out there, it's all in public, and if they don't like it, write and tell the BBC, get rid of me. I hope not. And to what extent has Alicia sought your advice? And, and if she has, maybe know what you've, advice you've given her. Well, uh, all we taught her was how to, use, how to do the paddles <laughs> and how to, when, when one has to push the button for, you know, the numbers and all of that stuff, you know, technical side of it. I think you have to give the poor girl a chance. It's a very difficult position to be put in, especially replacing someone as fabulous as Arlene Phillips. You know, and she's not Arlene. And the sooner people wake up to that, the better, I think. Yeah, some people even suggested she was watching what scores you give, first of all, and then copying them. Oh, no. She sits so far, she's away from me, and plus none of us know who's scoring what.
I don't know what Len scores, I don't know what Bruno scores, and I certainly don't know what Leash scores. So um, that's rubbish, obviously. Yeah, 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 yeah. We don't know that, because it's done in secret, the scoring. It's amazing the depth of feeling that some people have, though, isn't it? Well, yes, I think, you know, you change anything and people complain, and if you don't change, they will complain. You know, it, you, it's a no-win situation. So what I say is, you know, let Alicia have a say. She's qualified. She's done all the training. She's been trained completely by Matt Cutler, a world professional and leader in his ballroom and Latin field. You know, you're not going to get a better teacher than him to learn the ropes. And she's actually gone on to win the show and danced brilliantly throughout the entire series. Mm. You know, so um, I think I think it's really sad that people are saying what they're saying. I think it's awful. You know, anything, any change in people tend to have a bit of a whinge up about it. Mm. I did feel for Joe Calzaghe last week because everyone was saying before the series started he'd be the hot one this time. Yeah, well, you would think, wouldn't you? But proved quite the opposite. Yeah. And when you said those words, rigor mortis, I thought he was well, going to... Well, I challenge anyone to say it wasn't true. Great. You know, he needs to get personality, bring yeah. that to the floor. Yeah. Because it's going to be very dull otherwise, isn't he? So who, who's your tip for the top this time? Well, only out of the first eight couples that I've seen because I haven't seen the others dance properly. Ali Bastian, I think, is brilliant. Yes. The biggest bird sort of energy card and person that's out there trying to do it is Ricky. I yes. Mean, that was pretty sort of full on, even though it was a technical nightmare, but he certainly brought energy and shapes to the floor. Obviously, you, you have a, a relationship with the professional dancers where you, you get on with some and you don't get on with others. Is it hard not to vote against the ones you don't get on with too much? No. I never bring anything, any feeling personal into my voting at all that would be absolutely ludicrous and stupid of me mm. if i did i mean what sort of judge would do that oh i feel so sorry for you here's a 10 <laughs> or oh i hate your guts here's two you know, that's ridiculous uh, with that thought doesn't even cross my mind when i'm up there i'm professional i'm just watching the dance for the dance sake nothing more yeah it's interesting because you and brendan always had a slightly in a fractious relationship and yet well, you we always will have because he's objectionable and that drives me nuts you know the judge has spoken zip it <laughs> but you worked together well on the uh, Australian uh, no, the New Zealand one New oh, Zealand. No, that's a nightmare no that's even worse because we're sort of judging equally right. <laughs> and we just we will always disagree always how do you okay. rate him as a dancer then I think he's a very very good dancer he's a brilliant dancer you know, I never have any quips about his dancing. Sometimes I have a bit of a quip about his choreography, yeah. his celebrity. Mm. But that's the only thing I can really talk about. You know, his dancing is flawless. He's great. But it seems that some some of the professional dancers are unlucky with their choice of partners, isn't it? Sometimes. Well, you know, that's entirely up to the BBC. So if, if they're unlucky, then complain to the Beeb about that because the Beeb put them together. I can't they? see Anton ever winning this poor thing. He always gets... Well, that's entirely up to him and what he does with his celebrity, actually. Yeah. You know, I think you can change the world like Christina did last year with John Sargent. Yeah, she's brilliant, wasn't she? You yeah. know, that was brilliant. She knew his knew his downfalls, she knew his strengths and weaknesses, and she made the most of what she had. Yeah. You know, and created actually a very entertaining package in the end that um, won the hearts and minds of the nation. So, um, Anton, anybody can do the same. You just have to be quite, you know, savvy about it. 
I really enjoy the on-screen relationship you have with Bruce. Um, how do you feel about him? I think he's great. You know, when on earth will you ever get to work with the legend of vaudeville, you know, uh, someone from Sunday night to the Palladium? You know, most of those people are gone now. You know, so it's just wonderful to have, you know, someone of that calibre on the show and still going and maintaining his strength. But what do you say to people who say, well, he's not his best anymore, he shouldn't be on TV anymore and things like that? Well, I don't think they've got, I don't think they've got any now, have they? I mean, they're obviously, they've never seen him doing his stuff way back when either, you know. When you've got a legend in front of you, you've got a legend in front of you and you've got to, you know, appreciate that and not knock it down. He created entertainment in this country, for goodness sake, you know, and anyone that goes against that, you know, he created more laughter than anyone, you know, probably alive today. So, you know, I challenge any person that does say that. And there's, you know, talk of one day Anton Dubeck replacing him. What, what would be your thoughts on that? Well, only because they look like one another for years. <laughs> How would you like to replace Bruce one day? No, thank you. Too big a shoes to fit into, sorry. <laughs> OK. I could just see you doing that little shuffle at the beginning, though. Well, yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a good tap dancer. Mm, and bending Tessa. Yeah. I can actually tap dance, so I could do the shuffle, but I wouldn't have the charisma. Oh. And uh, how would you like to be remembered after you've left this planet? Uh, as someone that brought laughter to the to the community, you know, uh, entertained, that sort of thing. Do you mind the fact that no matter what you do in future, you'll probably always be best remembered as a judge on Strictly? Well, that, I'm afraid, is going to be what the majority of people will think, but certainly not the people that have been to all my theatre productions. They'll tell you a very different story, that they were moved, that they were delighted, that they felt the story, all of those things, you know. But... Um, if you're comparing them to the masses, then none will ever equal strictly to the masses. Mm. You know, let's face it, it's one of the BBC's most popular shows in history, and it's gone into the Guinness Book of Records as the biggest show around the world, because it's gone to over 36 countries. So, you know, you can't really top that with a theatre production, unless it's Mamma Mia. <laughs> <laughs>